Welcome into the Real Kipper and Bourne Show. We are on Sportsnet 590, Sportsnet 360, and Sportsnet Plus from 4 to 6 Eastern, as always. Make sure you download us whenever you get the chance. And, hey, it's Off the Rails Friday. Thank goodness. So send us your text messages, your comments. We're going to get them into the show at 590-590. I'd like to say that Off the Rails starts now. Yes! Oh. <laughs> yes! What the hell? <laughs> Did AI give us a, our own version? Just when you think, Derek. Despicable right? me, Just okay. Megamind, apparently. That's Just when from. you think Derek's gone for coffee. Well, <laughs> yeah, he, he does that. Above and beyond. So every so often, Kipper, did you tell him to do that? I did not. You did. I, I swear I did not. So... You, he came up to you and said, I got something for you? Is that no, what happened? So nothing. you just did not know that was going to happen? Just heard it like you for the first time. Wow. Wow. <laughs> He's really... Production, reproduction value on this show is oh, out of control. Roof. I think he wants a raise. Yeah. I, <laughs> good luck. <laughs> so before I was greatly interrupted by Derek, yes. I was going to say off the rails, Friday starts now. But yep. it really started with about 41 seconds to go. After the first period yeah. last night between the Toronto Maple Leafs and, and the Boston Bruins. And we got a chance to uh, have our first regular season uh, television uh, edition of me and you. Yeah, pal. And it was fun. It was. Guys, I, I, this is the stupidest thing ever. But you guys are both super professional guys who have done it a million times. Like, you've been on Hockey Night in Canada. You've been doing this for. And I was so nervous for you guys. I was, like, <laughs> <laughs> I was sitting there waiting. I was like 6.59. I was like, oh, guys, let's go. I have a dinner ready. I was ready to rock. I was like, there they go. I will say, it's because go. you've seen us screw up so many times <laughs> yeah, here. Right. You, you know how unprepared we can be. I will say there's something about it that reminds me of being a hockey player. We're like, all right, you know, 7 o'clock, it's go time. It's a yeah, lot of fun. Yeah. I yeah. really enjoyed it. Yeah. It was awesome. And no matter if you do this for the very first time or 20-plus years for me, yeah. there's always the feeling of watching a game and thinking, okay, do do we have enough to talk about? Is there anything really interesting right. going on in this game? And to be clear, we almost, we didn't. And so so here we are, uh, you know, closing out the first period and we're like, oh my God, what do, you, do we talk to Samson? I'm like, nothing's really going on. I was going to show some turnovers, I think. And then in one moment, yeah. late, late in the first period, once again, uh, the show got written on its own because of the Brad Marchand and Timothy Lilligren incident. And yes, the Leafs rallied from a 2 nothing deficit and eventually fell 3-2 uh, in overtime in, in, in the shootout. Yep. But no one was really talking about that today. And then we had our first period intermission. And Sammy, I don't know if you went for... A, a donut or not. No, I didn't. I watched. I kind of got a little bit, you know, emotional in my wheelhouse of defending your teammates or standing up for your teammates or showing more emotion. I kind of let that show in the first intermission. And it it opened a floodgate of emotion from Leaf Nation. Well, they've seen this before, right? They've seen this thing game 10 in the season early in the year where 
you expect some reaction and don't get one, and they've seen how that has played out in the long term. Yeah. I don't know when the Matthews Giordano came in like a Superman play against Philly happened last season. That was early last year. It felt like it was yeah. early in the season. Yeah. But this felt like that moment, and I think, Kip, that it could be some long, deep scars from Leafs fans going, at what point does the team want to protect one another and prioritize that over winning the game or taking a penalty or whatever. I think it was particularly galling in this sort of uh, version of Leafs hockey where all I was told about the whole offseason is that, like, new attitude. Like, yeah, this, is a, this is a snot. It's a different thing. It's a different thing. And, it, you know, they sign Ryan Reeves to however much they paid him to be a guy that deters this kind of thing. You have Bertuzzi, you have, you know, I guess Domi, and it's just the exact same thing. Okay, before we get into, the exact before we get yeah. into that, oh, you're right. that, that, that type of detail, and, and we will uh, in the next hour, and just uh, make sure everybody knows it's Friday off the rails, which means Doug McLean will join us in about yes. 30 minutes. Yeah. I can't wait to get his take on all of this. But before we get into more detail on that, let's just go back and and – Tell me what you saw either live or after a few replays because there's a split amongst a lot of people out there and we we know as of now that the league's not going to do anything about that. Right. Uh, did, you, did you get a sense there was a 50-50 split that it's suspendable or not suspendable? Let's go to you first, JB, on, on the actual incident. Well, you know, our colleague Friedman, you know, is saying that they don't typically suspend for this type of thing. But to me, that's irrelevant. You know, to me, it's should this sort of thing be suspendable? All the time, we we talk about how unsafe it is to hit someone two, three feet from the boards, right? You don't want to make contact by the numbers recently. McCarr went into the boards hard and there's debate about should you be able to touch a guy there? Guy screaming into the boards that close away and a can opener takes his feet out. He has no ability to protect himself in that instance. And to me, whether there's intention or not, you have to control your stick, same as a high stick thing or, you know, slashing or whatever. If it's accidental, it's still a penalty. You can't clumsily, you know, have your stick in someone's skates. Lilligren's in a vulnerable spot, whether he initiates contact or not. Super dangerous. To me, if you don't want to suspend him, maybe it's a five. But, uh, you know, given Brad Marchand has eight suspensions, I think we've lost given him the benefit of the doubt on a whoopsie. To me, I, I think that should have been a game. Yeah, I don't think so. Yeah, I know you don't. And I've watched it a bunch because in I did the Leafs talk after with Ailish and we talked about it and saw it a lot of times. And I think it's a penalty. I think it's a trip. I think it's in a well, bad area. That's no, and I think word. and I think there was a certain referee that a lot of Leaf fans love a whole lot, staring right at the play that didn't happen to call it. And Sheldon's obviously pissed off. We have a clip of him talking about it. But I just thought, like, I thought Lilligren kind of initiated the contact. He's kind of off balance. Marchand goes to the puck. I do think it was a hockey play. And it is hard to give Marchand the benefit of the doubt, clearly, because, I mean, if there's one guy you're not going to give it to in the league, it's probably him. But I do think that it was a hockey play. Like, it's a penalty. But yeah. I, I think a suspension may be a bridge too far, fellas. Yeah, he was playing the puck. I also have a, a great investment for you. This Nigerian prince is interested in. <laughs> you should. This one's good, though. This one's good. This one. <laughs> I, like, yeah. I just disagree that it's a suspension. Yeah. I, I, I don't think, like, this is a slippery slope, boys. We start suspending guys or chipping other guys into the boards. 
You're going to have... suspending guys for breaking ankles? Well, yeah. I mean, he's going to be out. Like, yeah. it's definitely something broken. He's but... injured. He is... And Marchand has a history. I get your point, Sammy. No. I, I know it's not... I don't think it's, like, egregious. But, but it, it's not. This happens a lot with guys getting tripped in that spot. I just think it's a lot of it. If that's Zaka that does it, are we having the same conversation? No. So, I don't know. I just... I guess that's the whole point. But to me, it wasn't yeah. as bad as a lot of people thought. For me, the last 20 years of... Is it a suspension? Is it not? Uh, this is, at least with the Leafs in this situation, it's almost irrelevant, even if he had a game or two. It doesn't Does it change. make you feel better? It doesn't, it doesn't do anything. Yeah. And I didn't like it. Yeah. And I am with you that uh, Marchand doesn't get the benefit of the doubt for me. But this is the best take of all, that it is pretty irrelevant. Right? It is. It is. At the end of the like day. It's not like it's a, okay, there's, it happens a lot in the league and you need to curb there, it. Or, there's some things that we could actually predict when Rasmus Anderson gets four games and then we kind of compare it to McAvoy. Mm-hmm. We know he's going to get four games. But how many incidences in the last 20 years you've watched, you're like, oh, my God, that should be a suspension. And it's like, no. And then it's the opposite that shouldn't be a suspension and a guy gets one. It's just so hard these days. Yeah. And I've been in the game for a very long time, and I'm tired of trying to predict <laughs> whether or not. The it, it, spin the wheel. You have no idea. Right? Spin nah, the wheel. So, see, I think it's more predictable than that. But well, anyway, listen, I get your point, it, Kim. My point is for the Leafs in this picture, yeah. it is irrelevant. If Brad Marchand doesn't play against whoever and, they play next, and, whatever. Doesn't help the Leafs. At the end of the day, this is not a normal court of law. Like, I, if I'm a Leaf player, you are guilty until proven innocent. Correct. Correct. Not the other way around. Now I, I, I say- don't even care if I think I saw it or I didn't. All I know is I think Timothy Lilligren knows how to skate, yeah. and he doesn't end up like he ends up without somehow, some way, Brad Marchand being involved. And that's enough for me to want to go after you. I'm not saying this did anything or whatever, but I am reminded of Nick Felino fighting Corey Perry after Perry accidentally kneed Tavares in the head. Not didn't know if he did it or not. Wasn't sure in your intent, but just in case, we're gonna have to. You know, I'm gonna try to punch your face. Not <laughs> a lot we remember from Nick Felino, unfortunately, in in that was trade. Tough. He was hurt. Whatever the case is, yep. that is what we remember. Yeah. And people are like, should and he do have done re- it? It's like, just do, do you remember his response? I don't. It was like, yeah, I don't know. I, I see my captain hurt. I, I, I'm going to go do something about it. Right. It was that simple yeah. for him. And it's still that simple for a lot of people in the league today, including Tampa Bay. And I, met, I referenced it on last night's show, but I couldn't exactly remember. But it was around this time last year where uh, Robert Bertuzzo goes down the ice clips Vasilevsky barely and five Tampa Bay guys all dropped their gloves at the same time. They couldn't wait. There was 10 gloves on the ice in four seconds. They were fighting each other to get to him. Guilty. <laughs> right. Verdict is in. You know what they are like? They're like that, that, that husband who would rather beg for forgiveness <laughs> with their like wife, go out golfing? right? Yeah. Exactly, and then just hey, sorry about that. I, yeah. I, this is what I thought, and and I'm sorry yeah. if I was wrong. That's what the Leafs should have done. If 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 there was a chance Marchand wasn't, then then beg for forgiveness from the league after that. But so, to have zero response is unacceptable. The viral clip 
is of Marchand talking to the whole Leafs bench, Reeves doing his thing. Now, people are on Reeves for not going to do whatever. I, I don't think he was on the ice with them again. Maybe it was for what, 10 later, seconds Later in the game, something. he yeah. was. Yeah. And I noticed it because the thought crossed my mind. Yeah. But it was also and, and a who's tie game. In the th- he, it's a tie game in the third period. Right. Hey, I don't care. No, right. no I care. don't care. No, I don't care. I don't care about the two points at that point. I don't. Um, Big picture here. Mm. I've gone through a league. I've got 82 yeah. of these all season long. Am I really in threat of missing the playoffs with, with my guys who can score at any time? Is there not, though, the take they a number? Missed, like No, no, no. To take a number four years ago, five years that's ago. That's fine. They, they've been they taking numbers team, for a very long time. Well, I don't even know if they have been. But okay. like, I still think that this tax is getting paid. I still think that Ryan Reeves or... It hasn't gotten paid for years, No, JP. it is outstanding. Okay. It's definitely, the, the bill is... In, Way the, the is overdue. Yeah. And this... The, the CRA is calling. This, <laughs> yeah. I would say so. JB, this was going to be different because you went out and got Reeves. Yeah. You went out and got Max. And you went out um, and got Bertuzzi. That, this, to me, this, is a bigger story. This, this was not supposed to be. This was supposed to be what happens when you don't handpick those guys. Yeah. And it looks exactly the same as it has in the last few years. And that's a big problem right now. And it's, it's the problem that suggests that you guys would have been better off if you looked more like a team and lost in regulation yep. than if you would have got a point in, or two in overtime or a shootout. It's like, I don't care at that point. Look like a team. Yeah. Whoever joins this Leafs group takes on this group's DNA. Like, it's not like anyone comes in and changes the complexion of the team. The team changes the people who join it. So let me ask you something, okay? Is is Keith telling them not to do this stuff? That's what I was going to get to. I see videos. If if, if you sit there and you tell me that Reeves, I don't know if he was on the ice. Why isn't he on the ice? Why don't you line him up with Matthews and Marner the next shift or two with with Marchand on the ice. And listen, how do you think that listen, plays out? Okay, Marchand's let me tell you how it, I'm let, asking. Let me, I'll He's tell you how nine. it plays out. How, how it would have played out. Reeves, go get him. Go get him. It'll look get, like I, I don't care. John Scott on Phil Kessel care. is how that's going to look. I, I don't care. Should it chase him around and I, swing? Yeah. Yeah, or talk to him. Or or how about this? Just chase him. Spend the whole shift just just John at him. Okay? I, even if you Honest, even if he got suspended a game or two, it'll be the best two-game suspension you'll ever have. Three-game suspension. I, it's Reeves. Okay? Take a two-game suspension on this guy. It'll be worth it. Trust me. It'll be better than what, we're, what Leaf fans are dealing with now. He would have been more of a hero for doing it than the next five or seven minutes looking like nothing happened at all. Yeah. You're right. You are. No, you're 100% right. I mean, I, I don't want to advocate for, like, I don't, I'm trying to imagine in my mind what a two-game Listen, suspension I'm looks like. Is he slashing the him in the ankle? Right Is he punching him in the face? I get that you're doing that, but you also can't send a person out to, I think at some point, it you know, it falls on the coach. What's he, like, are we talking about a slash to the neck? What are we talking about? Like, you know what I mean? I, like I don't know. You're you're the guy that has to decide that, Reeves. I, I guess he's got to jump him right. and look like John's not trying to fight if, Phil if Kessel. No one like, else, I, if no one else is doing it, there there are games, and, and I know it's changed, but it still hasn't changed that much because it, Tampa Bay part of the game. Because Tampa showed us that. Well, and Kip okay. last night, Truba, 
chasing around Ajo because he hurts Fox. So, so they've proven that the game hasn't changed that much. But if I'm Ryan Reeves, and, I, and the, the mentality should be there that I cannot finish this game With on the bench. Happening. No, no, no. I can't finish the game oh, being yeah. a part of it. Yeah. Okay? I don't know what it's going to look like, but there are some nights that I played, like fill in the blank, two minutes for whatever, five minutes for fighting, a 10-minute misconduct and a game misconduct. Yeah. I-, I knew I wasn't finishing the game. Yeah. And I think that's an example where Ryan Reeves should have said at some point, I cannot finish this game. He needed to, he needed to do something for the sake of Lilligren. Okay? You watched a guy get carted off again on your team. And it's not the way it's supposed to be on his watch. So you're better off taking a two-game suspension than just doing nothing. You know, I, I think this the theme for us this season has been zooming out and not saying, in this moment, what, it, what would have been the best thing for the game or whatever, but saying it's so about the playoffs and winning there and becoming a team that there are points where it's okay if you don't finish the year with 115 or 111 points. We've had John Cooper on this show say they just want to get in. So I'm okay with the idea that there are greater purposes sometimes for your team. Maybe that could have been a galvanizing moment. Yeah. I don't like the idea of a guy who is a true enforcer chasing around a guy who got Hart Trophy votes a couple of years ago. However, you have other players he's too. A, he's a different animal though. He is. Marchand is yeah. a different animal. He's not, he's not Panarin. Like, yeah. Yeah. I get it. But he's, a, he's allowed to be chased around. But can Bertuzzi... Not laugh on the bench? Yeah. Well, Can he not look at his old teammate and have a chuckle? I don't know. We don't know what he's saying. And maybe he's saying you're a scumbag and having a laugh. But Yeah, listen. I, it, again, when you watch your own teammate, you know, getting carried off the ice, uh, th- there's, there's nothing that you could find amusing. Nothing. For, for a smile and a giggle. And it's not the end of the world. People react in different ways. Sometimes it's a nervousness. Yes. Sometimes it's an, uh, when you're uncomfortable, you could you could you could have a laugh. I, I it's not that big of a deal for me, except that it just shouldn't have happened. But past Reeves, again, the whole bench, no reaction, no emotion, nothing. You'd like to see and five players. I'm not. Up. I'm not asking Tavares to be. Anything that he isn't or to completely come out of his, you know, mindset of what he is and what he's about. But, you, damn it, you have that C on your jersey. Mm-hmm. And you have to look at Marchand and you have to say something. I don't know what it is, but you can't, as a captain, sit on the bench and just look like nothing happened at all. I wish I could disagree with you, but it's just it. I hated it. There's only one guy with the C on his jersey. Yeah, and like whether it's like we're, you know, you're a dirty so. You know yeah. what? Whatever it is, it just needs to be something other than not acknowledging it at all. Yeah, and there have been so many learning lessons throughout the years, right? Where it's supposed to be like next time they'll do it. But it, it is not their natural inclination. They are not and it, wired you know, that I, way. And I've said this for a while. 
is that I, I don't know how much they like each other, respect each other, or care for each other. I think it's a, I think at the end of the day, you can. Speculation, Your Honor. You, you can sit, you can, you know, you can hang out on a Muskoka dock. You can come to training camp. You can paint ball. You can do all of that. But if you don't look like you care about each other on the ice, it's all irrelevant. But this has been the point I've been making to you for two days about how there is the Leafs team and then there's the players who get to play with the Leafs team. And it's, you know, the core four guys, maybe Morgan. And then there's these other guys who don't ever feel like a part of it. And it doesn't feel like an 18 team, 18 skater team most nights. It feels like the Leaf guys who are really good and the other guys who are here temporarily. You know, and it's tough when you feel like you're there temporarily to so, say, I'm going to put my broken, my so, nose on the line. So we got about 14 guys that do the warm-up band till the the Beatles come on stage? 13. <laughs> 13? <laughs> Riley's in with the group. Okay. But yeah, by and large, I don't, I'm not even being insincere. I do feel like it's the group. So and- that is the, you're telling me that's the least feeling you could have as a hockey club. That there are two separate levels of the club. Yes. I I dare anyone who follows this team closely uh, hey, listen, to, to say I, they I, don't share that I, feeling. I can't argue that. And based, maybe we do that in the media because we only talk about the big money guys who score all the goals. But Based on what we witnessed again last night, how can you argue what you just said? Those guys, too, have produced. They have 22 goals, the core four, and the rest of the team has six. But that recipe has been proven over and over and over and over and over. Am I up to seven? <laughs> I, don't, I don't think that, you were even. That, that it doesn't work. Yeah. That these guys will be either tired, exhausted, or shut down. And then where is the rest of the lineup? Yeah. And so fostering that becomes... The goal for the coach and the team between now and April. That is so, the sole purpose. You get yeah. enough points to get in the playoffs, but find a way to generate yeah. cohesiveness from the group and some success from some bottom six guys. So this this was supposed to change with the signings, and this was supposed to change with Brad Tree Living. Like if this was a Kyle he didn't try. If this was a Kyle Dubas team that we're talking about today, we can say that they may be a reflection of what Kyle wants to do here, and that is not beat you up in the alley, but beat you up on the scoreboard. Yeah. But Brad's different. He, he, he handpicked these guys to bring that, that, that snot, right? Yeah. And where is n- it? No snot last night. But where is it? The thing is, Reed it, it, isn't playing good enough to play for them, and that makes that, him that, irrelevant. That, that's Brad... Tree Living's question to his team today. That has to happen. And this is now beyond Sheldon going in now. This is Brad Tree Living going into that room last night and saying, What would you say you do here? <laughs> wow, was that a good drop? <laughs> okay, I couldn't have summed it up better myself. <laughs> no. Right? That's Brad's job now is to go in there and get a bit of an explanation on why was there zero response. But what an insane focus then for this team. If you're like, okay, we're looking for a chance to fight for each other. 
You know, like that's an insane focus for a hockey team who's very talented and obviously points are at a premium. All You do have to get into playoffs. I understand you can tell them that, but like how has that not become a preset for them? How, you know, how are we? I, uh, maybe it's to your point that, uh, you know, you got all these, what do you call them, silos? Where yeah. it's like, oh, yeah. I, I'm, I'm the scorer yeah, uh, and you're the checker. That's yeah. your job. Right. And it has nothing to do with me. Instead of we're all hockey players playing the hockey here. Yeah, there should have been some guys a little bit more frustrated with that. Do you want to hear what Sheldon had to say about the referees in that play? You want to hear him on Wes McCauley and Absolutely. not catching it? Clip two, please. I got nothing. It just, it just, he didn't see the stick going between his legs. He can't open him to make him go feet first, feet first into the boards in the most dangerous area of the ice. So he didn't see it. <sighs> yeah, that's just... Uh... what. But come on. Like, we call out players all the time. We rarely talk about referees in the show, if ever. Quite honestly, I feel like that's a pretty I good... Don't know how, I don't know how show. he missed a, a stick between a guy's but leg. he's looking right at opener. it. A can opener. The, the, I watched the video a hundred times, and the one of the things I look at a bunch is Wes McCauley legitimately staring at his feet yeah. where the stick goes. It's like, how do you not call that? Like, I get maybe you're trying to let it let the boys play or whatever. Like, you're having less penalties. There weren't that many penalties called in the game period last night. But that's just... It's just malpractice. How about, it's just you got to be better. How about Lilligren going back on that puck after going back on one from Trennan who pasted him, after going back on one against Matt Roy who pasted him? Yeah. He gets Trennan, Roy, and Marchand three games in a row. So, in my area, you could have hooked the guy a little bit, run an interference. Sure. Could have water skied. If, if, if you ever got to a point where a defenseman in my era got pasted like that constantly. Like, uh, defense would come up to wingers and, like, literally punch them in the head. Slow them down, say, please. Are you, are you trying to get me killed? Okay? Like, that, n- like... That's a big... Please. Bad. That was a big Mike Babcock thing. Please. There. Cutoffs. Interfere. Help me. Yes. Okay? Slow down. Give I'm, me a I'm gonna, Like, I don't want to end up in a wheelchair. Yeah. Every time I go back on the pucks, guys are coming full tilt. Can you maybe give them a hook in the neutral zone for me? That's how dangerous it is. That's how mad Lilligren should be. That everybody gets to look at me like I'm a bullseye. He's been smoked so many times so far this year. And now he's going to be out probably long term. Didn't look good in that foot. And he's been important for them. Yeah, now what? In the absence of steady guys, he's one of their PK guys on a PK that already doesn't have enough bodies. So now what? Klingberg out there or Legison now on the PK? By the way, we should mention that's the first time the name William Legison has been said on our show, I think. Yeah, it's great. I thought he played well. Outside DeBrusque yeah. turnstile yeah. and scoring. I mean, that's going to happen. He's going yes. Right. But, like, you know, if, you, if you're Sheldon Keefe, too, like, you don't have to keep waiting for, like, the worst case scenarios to put a guy in. Like, do it from a strength, not from a weakness. Like, I liked his game. And he came in and... Like I said. Yes, yeah. with the exception of maybe uh, DeBrusque's goal where yeah. he kind of lost his check a little bit. But so he what? He was good. Played 15 minutes and did but a good job he, in Boston. But, but do you have to lose like two or three defensemen before you, you tell a guy that he's going to get a, a better opportunity here? Like, Well, I think this is all a theme we've, uh, you know, the last few days of maybe Klingberg should have sat a game when it's going so badly that he's yeah. on the third pair and whatever, you know, on the third pair in the second power play unit. Maybe... Over the last 
four games. I know we got a break to get the dog here, but over yeah. the last four games or so, I can't really remember watching a guy do me- so many noticeably bad things. Klingberg. Yeah. It, it's like, it's like every, it's like say he's every like good Gustafson. He's just Gustafson. He might be worse Gustafson. Like every shift, <laughs> and I, know, I it jumps out to me. I'm like, oh my god. We know Bertuzzi's been benched here and yeah. demoted, but how, how how can you just pick him and and leave Klingberg to yeah. go continue to play? Well, he had. I guess you want to really send a message and just go. Two D pairs, but he had he already were down a guy. I think they probably would have. I'm just not talking about last oh, night. Like I'm general. just saying in general. I agree. In Completely general. agree. I actually, you know, I, I've got an article out uh, on Bertuzzi right now up on Sportsnet.ca on why he's in the doghouse. I have a bunch of video and all that. He hasn't been that bad. He hasn't. Like he's he's made enough mistakes. He turned pucks over, throwing them away blind, turnovers, a couple defensive zone errors, but. He's starting to get better. He's making some plays, some tips. Like, there's some good there, too. I hope that Keith doesn't decide that this is his whipping boy. Yeah. He's going to be on the third line next game with no one to work with. Like, I, I think Bertuzzi's finding it. Good to oh, no, he's got to He's got to stay with that program. He needs to stay with Bertuzzi is exactly At 5. where I'm 5. going. 5.5 Yeah. Yeah, you're not bailing on that. Next game, he needs to be right back there with one of those top two lines. Okay, Absolutely. let's take a quick break. If you thought we had uh, some takes on the... Incident last night between Marchand and Lilligren. Just stick around for Doug McLean. He's up next on Real Kipper and Bourne. Fresh views on everything in the National Football League. It's the Fan Checkdown with Matt Marchese and Donovan Bennett. Subscribe and download the show on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back into the Real Kipper and Bourne Show. I'm Nick Kiprios, Justin Bourne, Sammy McKee. And let's go to our first guest on Off the Rail Fridays from somewhere in the state of Florida, maybe from his RV, maybe his Porsche, the pickleball court, yoga, hot yoga. Let's bring in Doug McLean. Which one did I did I nail one? No, I was I was down by my pool, uh, by our pool, just uh, reading draft day. I just can't put it down. <laughs> <laughs> yes, because at your age, you forget what you read. <laughs> what I wrote. <laughs> All right. Um, anyway. Still on the uh, number one um, sellers list. Yeah, four weeks in a row. Just announced last night, the Toronto Star and Globe and Mail. Uh, Bestseller list four weeks in a row. I mean, I just, I, I'm, I'm almost embarrassed by it, you know? Well, listen, for the next uh, 10, 15 minutes, why don't you hit our number one list uh, and, and explain to us what you saw last night. And me and you, we kind of get ex- uh, accused every once in a while of being uh, uh, old school or it's not the way it is anymore. So, So you tell me I'm wrong when I said that at a certain point when you watch a player on your team get carried off the ice, then no longer in that particular game is the two points the most important thing? You know what? We've said it for a long time. Um, I don't know if it's been five years, seven years, but I, I would love to see a lot more compete from a lot of guys. You don't look. I looked at the Marchand uh, hit, sort of stick slew foot, whatever it was called, and 
I, I saw Tim Peel demonstrate that, Mar, you know, he actually moved into Marshawn's path and, you know, it, it was the right call. And you know what? It's like a great hit in a game where one of your players gets rocked. And even if it's a great hit, people hate when your teammates rally around the guy that would hit and, and give the guy that hit him a hard time. I guess I am old school because I'd like to see a lot more of that from the Leafs. And I haven't seen it in since they've become really nice guys. They are the nicest team that I've ever watched. <laughs> they are so nice. They're pretty with their plays. They look great. Um, I just don't see enough nastiness coming from them. And I don't mean you have to go after Marshawn, but at least can't you just yap at him at least or go up and give him a little shove or something, you know? I, I just, I, I was bothered watching it. And I just look at the group. I mean, I look at their left wing and I say, Yarn Croc to me is not good enough to be in the top six. Bertuzzi's not good enough with the way he's playing to be in the top six. And Nice, I'm, I'm missing something. What, why is this guy not showing me much? So compete and left side looks pretty ugly right now. And I haven't even got to their defense. And, and it was a hard fought game against a pretty good Bruins team, although they're missing some key guys. It's actually, it's funny. You know, they're down 2 nothing in Boston last night and really rallied, right? Like they played an excellent yep. hockey game from that point forward. Well, basically five right. minutes into the second, they kind of pulled it together. And Well, the, the, the big boys took over. They did. Their best players again, were their best players. Again. For sure. And so the story today is not that they went into a tough building against an undefeated team and played well. It is this side of it. And Doug Kipp is making the point that, like, the two points in that instance are not that important. How do you square that away when you're a team trying to win the division, your elite talents, all these sort of things? Do you agree with Kip that, you know, they shouldn't have prioritized winning in that instance? No, you got you to gotta try to win. You know, you've got to try to win. But you also have to build and become a team. You have to become a team. And becoming a team means your, your, your teammates are what it's all about. And you stick up for teammates. It's like people say, what makes a great captain? What makes a great captain to me is a guy that cares about his teammates. Not the best player, not the t- but he cares about them. And, and works to cultivate team. And I still don't think they're there yet. And I, I agree that you want to win. I agree that you don't jeopardize the win to be dumb. But you still have to show that you're a team. And I, I'm looking for some guys like, like I, you guys keep talking Matthew Nyes. And I'm thinking... Well, will you show me something except no, that Mac, you look good? You know what? I have got no issues with Matthew Nyes as a rookie coming in out of college. And he there's some nights that he looks big and strong and protects the puck. Um, I, I don't – you cannot put that much weight on his shoulders to say, hey, can you uh, – Bertuzzi's a little slow right now. Can you step in and be the number one left winger? I don't think that's fair to him. No, but you – to me – you've got to show some bite in your game and I don't see enough. I don't care if you're 19 or you're 35. I want to see some bite to his game. 
and I haven't seen enough fight to his game. And I'm I'm sitting there saying, okay, what is this guy going to be? You guys all have him as a star, and I'm sorry. I have not seen. I've seen a couple plays. I saw a couple plays in the playoffs. I haven't seen enough this year for you guys to be talking like he's the second coming of Frank Mahavlin. <laughs> Can I ask one yeah, more? Yes, okay. please do. We, we had talked earlier. Look, I, I, listen, I watched Trevor Moore play the other day for L.A. Okay, a couple of games I've watched him play. He could help the Leafs right now. Trevor Moore, with the way he plays, could help the Leafs right now. Okay, take me. They're not getting what he brings even right now from a lot of their wingers. Take me back to your days when you're behind the bench and you're watching this type of scenario uh, unfold here. Because we just had a conversation earlier before you came on about Sheldon Keefe and what could he have done to manifest or uh, push the boys in the direction of bringing them together? Would it have been putting putting uh, Reeves up with a shift with Matthews and Marner? Would it have been, hey, listen, go out and talk to him? Like, Or did, did, do you leave it alone and you hope that the, the players take it upon themselves to figure it out? What could... What would you have done if you were coaching last night after you watched that happen? Well, you know what? I, I didn't really have to do it because I had Paul Laws and he read it as well as anybody. I, I don't like to brag about the fact that the year we went to the finals, he had 50 fights in, in the season, which Did you is just quite say a bit. 50? I said 50 in one season. Is oh that true? 50 fights. But, That's got to be the record. He talked as much as he fought. Like <laughs> he would, he would go. I used to have to go down the bench and say, "Lindy, calm Lazer down. Tell him he's not allowed to fight. Tell him he's not allowed to go after that guy that just hit one of our best players. You tell him to wait his turn. He's got to wait." But I mean, I, I, and that they were, they were a team. It, it didn't matter if it was Scrudlin, if it was Mellonby, if it was Lowry, if it was Niedermeyer. If it was Jovanovski, if it was Rep Warner, it was all about team and sticking up for teammates, you know. And I, I, I tell, I told you the, I've told you the, the leaderships, the greatest leadership story of all time, right? The Brian Scrudlin leadership story. Have I told you that one? No, have it. Uh, well, tell us now because so, we're not reading it in your book. Well, we lost seven nothing in Montreal. Okay, and I was really ticked off. And I went in after the game and I said, okay, boys, you guys with your equipment on and your skates over your shoulders with your sticks, you'll be on the bus at eight o'clock tomorrow morning. We're going to Verdun to practice. So have fun in Montreal tonight. We'll see you on the bus at eight o'clock to go to Verdun to practice. So I'm sitting on the bus. They're all coming in and they're sour. I'm sitting in the front seat of the bus. They're sour. They're ticked off. They're really everybody's moping, everybody's mad. Screwy's the last guy to get on the bus. He steps on the bus and he's got his helmet on. He's got a beer bottle taped to the top of his helmet. <laughs> and the bus broke up. Like, it broke up. I was laughing so hard I couldn't compose myself, you know, because the captain of the team knew what the group needed and he comes on to show me that they went out and partied anyway just because I said they had to practice and he had the beer bottle taped to the top of his helmet. <laughs> and you know what? We went out and had the best practice we had all year because Screwy set the tone for so, the group. 
Tavares needs needs a beer bottle on his helmet today. Is that what you're saying? I'm saying, yeah, you got to sometimes step outside the box and do things that build the team, you know, and build build camaraderie and, and make them look. They're so talented. They're such a good team. Uh, they got to figure out who's going to play with Matthews and Tavares on the left side. I think Bertuzzi's a third-line guy. I think he's overrated. I like lots of things he does, but he's, to me, he's a really good... I, I see him as a bottom six guy. You guys all have him as a top six. I still don't think... You know, I don't see... They, I, I still think they're short on the left side to play with Matthews and Tavares, and I don't know where they're going to find somebody. You guys have got knives up there. I hope he. I hope he's better than what I've seen so far. So, you know, but there, there's some team building that still has to go on. Last night was an opportunity, and I think they missed it. Where were you like six weeks ago when they signed him that he was a third-line winger here and they have overpaid at 5.5? Nobody asked me. <laughs> <laughs> like, see, that's the problem. I'm perceived... I'm perceived more like James Patterson now than I am like a coach. Doug, do you know a second author? (laughs) (laughs) No, I don't. (laughs) Yeah, well, you're starting to sound like Stephen King. You're scaring us. (laughs) Anyway, you guys have got it all figured out. I listened to you last night. You look good. It's a nice-looking panel. It just doesn't bring a lot of... It just didn't bring a lot of meat to me. (laughs) (laughs) Well, one of the topics we did discuss was Ilya Samsonov playing pretty well. Did he make you a bit more of a believer last night? No. Oh. Oh, come on, Mac. He was was pretty darn good. I liked Swayman's game. I thought Swayman made some great saves. No, Samsonov's fine. I just, I'm nervous about him. I don't think he's a guy that's going to win it. I, I, I really like the way the other kid's playing. I like the way he looks in the net. I, I like lots of things about him. I think he'll be their guy. I hope he can be the guy to, to lead them. But to me, he's the guy. I, I Is he too young? I don't know. But I, I really like the way he plays the game. And I, I think he's going to be really good for them. I really do. All right. Listen, um, just to change topics a little bit, uh, the Ottawa Senators, we watched a very spirited press conference out of Michael and and Lauer. And I'm just wondering what your initial thoughts were, because there is a two school of thoughts, Mac. And that is that, uh, you know, it was, it was great what he did and it, it rallies maybe the Ottawa senators a little bit and gives them some, some added bite. And then there's the other side that says, eh, do you really want to challenge Gary Bettman? And that's, Wow, how I think a lot of people perceived it that he was he was kind of giving it to Gary a little bit in the league. Well, yeah, I'm sort of confused as to how this all came down. Um, you know, with the with the league trade call, with uh, Dorian's role in it, with uh, the league's role in it, and and how it became a 70 page. Is it not like a paragraph? Why do you need 70 pages to, <laughs> to demonstrate what happened? Like, seriously, what, what's that all about? So here's what I like. Gary works for Ant Lauer. Gary always tells us, I work for the owners. Well, if he works for Ant Lauer, then it's okay. 
If he's Ann Lauer's boss, it's not okay. So what is it? Does Gary work for the owners or does Ann Lauer work for him? But there are rules and regulations and not submitting a trade list clearly is a violation of something. Yeah, yeah. Oh, no, it, there's a violation there. There's no doubt about it. But it took 70 pages and months to figure it out. Like, how complicated was it? I know one of the trade things expired. Apparently, there was a couple of things in the trade thing that one of them expired. And maybe Pierre missed it. Um, I, I don't know. But I but 70 pages to decide this and months and months and months. And I guess they didn't tell Aunt Lauer. I, I would think that they, you know, I'm surprised by that. I don't find Gary Bettman not to be in meetings. And anytime I've ever dealt with him, Gary's an upfront guy. And I'm a little surprised that that slid the way it slid. I'm a little surprised the way Aunt Lauer talked. But you know what? When you're ticked off and you're upset, I love the fact that Aunt Lauer says, you know, uh, it's been a tough week. We lost three in a row, and I lost three right side D. I thought, geez, he sounds like a coach. Yeah. He lost three <laughs> I right noticed D. that too, yeah. What? <laughs> I noticed I, that too, yeah. Like cherry picked. Look at him. He's involved. He's Tom Dundon now. Um, all I know is they've got to start winning because, as we all know, Thanksgiving, that 20 game mark, if you're out of the playoffs, there's a 95% chance you are not getting in. So Ottawa's got to win some games. And I like the spunk of Ant Lauer. And if Gary works for him, it's like me yelling at the maintenance guy here that the pool's not clean. You know, the maintenance guy works for me. So <laughs> I couldn't talk to him like that. Now, if it's hey. different, hey. If, I, if, if I worked for the maintenance guy, I wouldn't say those things. You know? I don't think... You paid the maintenance guy close to a billion dollars either. <laughs> Must be a nice pool. <laughs> I know. So I like uh, Michael's uh, spunk, and I don't mind. I like Gary. I don't mind seeing him get a little heat once in a while. <laughs> <laughs> you and maybe a few others uh any co- I told you I told I told you what happened with uh, Gary we were at I, I'm sure I told you this story we're down the street Jill and I were at this restaurant we were coming out out of the bar restaurant I see Gary and his wife walking ahead of us down this down our street where we live and I go NHL sucks <laughs> <laughs> and he sees me standing there of course I'm working for Sportsnet at the time so you know <laughs> well, that's another reason why he's mad at us. Yeah, I think. is that what happened? Yeah, exactly. we, we've traced it back to the root here. All right, we'll let you get back. Look, the Leafs, hey, the Leafs look good. I, I really believe they're going to be a contender. Um, we'll see. <laughs> that didn't sound sincere. I know they have no left wingers, according to him. No <laughs> yeah, defense. He doesn't like Samsonov, <laughs> but he leaves us on a Friday thinking that he he, he, likes he, he can. He thinks that they can win. Right. I, I just think they're better than Pittsburgh right now. I know that. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Get back to your maintenance guy. <laughs> See you later. Doug McClain. Thanks, Mac. Yes. Believe it or not, once a former NHL president, <laughs> general manager, 
and head coach. What's the name of the author he keeps saying? James Patterson. <laughs> oh, my God. That was the funniest <laughs> It's referenced him eight times. John Grisham oh, did not cross his, his uh, doorstep. <laughs> well, so, he could have said, I'm no Justin Warner and Nick Kiprios. You guys are authors. <laughs> yeah, that's right. So if, if, if you had guys that just, like, there's, it's like children. Sometimes you got to push them and sometimes you got to, you know, reel them in a little bit. Right. And that's no different than hockey players. And he had Paul Laus, 50 fights. 50. It's, up, it's, it's 40. His fight is cards. It 40? But no. it does, his fight card's absurd. It's not just that year, too. Like around that year, 20, 25, 26. This guy fought a zillion times. Here's a four year run of penalty minutes for him 236, 313, 293, 218. Ugh. That's, that's some heavy lifting for uh, old lousy there. He'd be a good fighter, yeah. right? Or you're taking a lot of blows. Yeah. But then you got Sheldon, who. Okay. He, he doesn't have a Paul Laos. No, not someone who wants to go out and fight all the time. Even Reeves is like an older guy who probably would prefer not to fight constantly. Like those young guys who come up and it's like Tanner Janot and, you know, he fights a thousand times yeah. by today's standards. But he also plays hockey. He does. He's, he's a, a hockey. hockey he's a hockey guy. He had 24 hockey goals. Yeah, one season. that's what I mean. Like he is a guy that can play in different situations as opposed yeah. to Reeves is Tom out there. Wilson goals all the time. I, I got to tell you, the Reeves to. experience is a whole hell of a lot different than I was expecting. I got to yeah. tell you. A lot different. Yeah. You could change that. I would like it. Saturday night against the Buffalo Sabres. All right. Our thanks to Doug McLean for keeping it off the rails on this Friday. We're back for our second hour. We go national. Plenty more to get into, including the Edmonton Oilers and the Vancouver Canucks. Rick Tockett will join us in the next hour. Stick around, everybody. We're back after these words.